You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Well, good evening. Um, a very well, warm welcome, as Tammy said. And uh, I think you, um, we've called Authentic Church, and I think we certainly got the authentic weather for a carol service. Um, I love Christmas. I've always loved Christmas. I look forward to it every year. In fact, the saddest day of the year for me is the 7th of December, uh, January, 7th of January. The 7th of January is Christmas has finished. It's my birthday on the 6th, but on the 7th of January, Christmas has finished. And that for me is the saddest. And I mark the 25th of each month. And once we get to June, I get quite excited because I feel we're at the halfway mark and from there it's all downhill to Christmas. And once we've got Halloween and we've got bonfire nights out of the way, I get really excited. And I even get to the point where I even notice that it smells like Christmas. And I said that to Tammy a few weeks ago. So why do I love Christmas? Well, it's connected with one of my first memories of a child. Picture the scene, if you will. I'm sitting on the edge of a couch in the dark, in the lounge of the bungalow that I was born in, that my mum still lives in. Shout out to my mum. I was staring into a Rayburn fire and it was glowing. And I could see the Christmas tree uh, just in the corner with the presents underneath it and the lights were on. I could hear my grandparents who were behind me on the sofa sort of snoozing and snoring. And I can even remember their smell. Now, don't get me wrong, they didn't smell bad. But they smelled of tobacco and cigarettes and alcohol. I mean, no, they, weren't, they weren't alcoholics, but they just... My parents didn't drink or smoke. So I can remember this really evocative smell that I'd never smelt really much. And if I think about it hard enough, I can almost reach out and touch it. I love that memory of Christmas. And how does that memory make me feel? It makes me feel excited and eager and impatient and full of anticipation, expectant for fun, for treats and for games and for Christmas food, salted peanuts, after eights, Quality Street and Coca-Cola. They only would come out at Christmas. We never had them at any other time of the year. And if I could sum up how I felt and how that memory makes me feel, I was full of hope. I was alive with hope. Now, I suspect we all have hopes, some of them short term, maybe for today, for tomorrow. You might be thinking, gosh, I hope this message doesn't go on too long and I can get home and the car starts. You might be thinking longer term, maybe next year. You might be thinking when I retire. We all have hopes. We all know how hope feels. Hope motivates us. It drives us forward. It propels us. It energises us. 
it gives us a purpose and a reason for being. Hope is central to the Christmas story. Hope enabled Mary not to fear after the angel's message. Hope made the shepherds leave their flocks to seek the baby. Hope drove the wise men to travel miles to present their gifts. Hope was born into a needy world. We all have hopes, I'm sure. But sometimes life throws us curveballs. The unexpected happens. Things don't work out as we had planned. We can get disappointed. People can hurt us. We might lose a job or a pet or even worse, a loved one. We might get ill health and dreams can be broken. And sometimes we can just get fed up waiting and lose heart. King Solomon, known for his wisdom, wrote a proverb in the Bible. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The late Queen Elizabeth in 1992, in the year of her Ruby Jubilee, said in a speech, this is not a year on which I shall look back with undiluted pleasure. In the words of one of my more sympathetic correspondents, it has turned out to be an anus horribilis, and I had to practice saying that. 2022 has been our anus horribilis. Nothing has worked out as planned or hoped for. Disappointment, physical pain, witnessing the suffering of loved ones and seeing injustice. Our prayers have gone unanswered. And at one point, I even thought we had the anti-Midas touch. Everything we seemed to touch went wrong. God fell silent. And we seemed to lose his presence with us. We even considered winding up authentic church. I recall talking to a friend in a pub up the road. And I said, I've lost all hope. It was a feeling that was quite profound. It was shocking, disturbing, worrying and scary. I'm a church leader. I'm a born again Christian. I shouldn't feel like this. I felt bereft and cast adrift. I lost motivation and direction. Fyodor Dostoevsky, a Russian novelist, is quoted as saying, to live without hope is to cease to live. And yet, here I am. And you might be asking, why? In the midst of my struggle, I was reminded of a Bible verse. A bruised reed he 
will not break, and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. I was that bent reed. I was that smouldering wick. And it was written by the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. And that he, he was referring to, is Jesus. 740 years before Jesus was born in a stable, Isaiah foretold what Jesus would do. What he would do when Jesus became a man. And Isaiah was even more specific about Jesus' actions when he was alive. He said he was sent by God to proclaim good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to set the captives free and release prisoners from darkness. Jesus came to save the bruised reeds from being broken. Jesus came to save the smouldering wicks from going out. And I was that person. I am standing here today because Jesus saved me again. He came for me in my moment of despair. You might be thinking, well, how? How did he come for you? He reminded me that Christmas is coming. That Christmas is always coming. And where there is Christmas, there is Jesus. And where there is Jesus, there is hope. Jesus restored my hope. Jesus, the baby born in a stable that became a man. Jesus, the man that died on a cross to take away my sins. Jesus, the man that defeated death and rose again. Jesus, my saviour. Jesus, our saviour. Jesus famously said of himself, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus restored that light for me in my darkest moment. Desmond Tutu, a renowned Christian, wrote this. Hope is being able to see there is light despite all of the darkness. That is hope for me. Despite all of the darkness, I can see light. There is hope. There in the manger, in the Christmas story that points to Jesus, there is hope. Maybe some of you are struggling today. Maybe this is your Annus Horribilis. Maybe you're clinging on with everything you have. And maybe you are feeling hopeless. If this is you, then I just want to say Christmas is always coming. Jesus is always coming. Jesus came for us to save us from being broken, to save our flames from being snuffed out. But how? St Paul provides an answer when he writes a letter to the church in Rome. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord 
will be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It really is that simple. So now you see why I love Christmas. Christmas is full of hope and light and joy. It may only come once per year, but Christmas is always coming. And where there is Christmas, there is Jesus. And where there is Jesus, there is hope. And Jesus came to save us all and give us all hope. Amen.